Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Wanted to share this morning out of the book of Mark, and I'm very excited about sharing this morning um, about faith for miracles. Everyone say it, faith. For miracles, and uh, we've looked over the last week in Mark chapter five. The week before, Alex preached out of uh, Mark chapter four. Uh, the week before that, a very powerful message about the sower and the seed. This morning, we want to look at some of the miracles that Jesus uh, Jesus performs in the book of uh, Mark chapter five, and look is, and ask ourselves the question: Is there anything we can learn um, from the people that experienced the miraculous touch of God through Jesus Christ? So, I wanted to start with today by defining the word miracle. The definition of the word miracle from the Webster's Dictionary says this, a wonderful thing, a marvel, miraculous. Listen to it again, the definition, a wonderful thing, a marvel, miraculous. And you know, today as we we start to talk about miracles, there are many Bible-believing people today, Christians today, that don't believe in miracles, that that have a really sound doctrine, that, 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 that they believe that the age and the time of miracles ended at the uh, end of the time and the era of the apostles. In other words, the book of Acts, at that end of that time there, the miracles stopped. And, you know, I think that's so sad today because I'm fully convinced that, that, that God is the God of miraculous, that every single day miracles are taking place, that even during the course of this week there are going to be miracles that are going to take place today as we start to talk about miracles during the course of your week, that you, by the grace of God, are going to experience miracles or a miracle in some way during the course of this week because the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is still performing miracles on the earth today. Amen. It didn't stop back with the book of Acts for the last couple of thousand years. God is still the God of the miraculous and he's still bringing miracles to pass. And you know, today as we start to talk about miracles and look at a couple of the characters from the word of God, I just thought that even right now, today right now is a miracle. Right now, this is not an ordinary day. This is a miraculous day. You know why? Right now as you sit in your seat, you should, be, you should have a seatbelt on or taped up. You should have a motorcycle helmet on and you should be holding onto your seat as hard as you can because the reality is this, that this earth is spinning at 1,674 kilometers an hour like that. Right now, the earth is spinning at 1,674 kilometers an hour. Now, I've never driven at that speed. I haven't even flown at that speed. I remember when I was going to be uh, joining the police force, I jumped in a car with uh, a police officer, and as we were heading to this particular place to do an interview, uh, someone was speeding past him. So I got to experience what it was like to be in a car at 200 kilometers an hour. It's like you just float. Don't recommend it to anyone. But 1,674 kilometers an hour, the earth is rotating right now. And if it wasn't for gravity... What a mess this building would be. There'd be people and bodies and stuff happening everywhere. So today is a miracle. So much so, in fact, that our, our wonderful place of existence called the earth is actually rotating around this thing called the sun. And our, our earth rotates around the sun at 108,000 kilometers an hour. 108,000 kilometers an hour, never call today or any day and not on every day because every day is a miracle right there just by the definition of those few thoughts there. Today is a day of miracles. It's a miraculous day right now where we are. For us to ever think that today is not a miracle, we'd be so short-sighted. 
But I started to think about just ourselves, about how miraculous we are uh, for our DNA. For example, if we were to uh, unravel our entire DNA, it would wrap around the planet Earth a few, few million times. If you unravel the DNA within your body, you'd wrap around the earth a few million times. Listen to this thought as well. Every day, your heart pumps a hundred thousand times. Aren't you glad about that? Because if it ain't pumping, you're in trouble. A hundred thousand times every day, your heart pumps. Pumping at least... 28,600 litres of blood through your system and 155,000 kilometres of blood vessels are created every second. Three million red blood blood cells, excuse me, cells are created every second of your life. Listen to it again. Three million red blood cells are created every second of your life. We're a miracle in motion. Just by definition, we're a miracle in motion. But not only that, not only is the, the, the planet that we live on and the way that we're created, but also, listen to this, God's grace towards us every day. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 22 to 23, it says this, Though the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because His compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great, everyone say it. Great is God's faithfulness towards us. I love the thought of that, that every time I wake up, every day God's grace and mercy is new again. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Every day that we wake up, God's grace and His mercy is new to us again. So without even diving in to the whole thought about miracles today, the reality is that we are a miracle. We're living on a miraculous planet called Earth, and God has created us in a most amazing, miraculous way. We are, we are a miracle by definition, amen? Absolute miracle by definition. And I want to say this morning, miracles were a part of the birth of the early church. And I believe that miracles are meant to be a part of the faith experience of every believer. God God is into performing miracles for every believer, amen? And I believe this morning this message is designed to stir our faith to believe God again for the miraculous in our lives. Three of you, amen. Where are you? We'll put you in a corner and preach to you. Come on, Jesus is the, is the, is the God of miracles. The Holy Spirit is alive on the earth. Last time I looked, He's alive. He's not dead. The early church was birthed in the miraculous and I believe today that God still wants to perform miracles and some of the miracles are large and some of them are small but all in all God is still into the business of performing miracles but what we're going to look this morning is a couple of people in the word of God and see if there are some things that we can apply to our lives not to chase God for miracles but so that God can perform and show his faithfulness to us through the miracles that he performs for us amen so I want to start this morning, I believe this, the starting point for miracles in our lives and believers is the place of faith. The starting point for miracles to be performed by God through our lives is the starting point, and the starting point is faith. And in fact, when we look at the Gospels, Jesus places an incredible, huge emphasis on the place of faith. And in fact, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are over 20 occasions where Jesus comments on people's faith, and he says things like this, your faith 
has made you well, or according to your faith, it shall be done for you. And I believe that the Lord wants to stir our faith again. If you're needing breakthrough in your life, if there's some areas that, that need to sort of change, then I believe that God wants to stir our faith again to believe Him for the breakthrough that He wants to bring into our lives. Amen. Not just to sit, sit down and sit back and think that my life's just going to be this way, nothing's ever going to change. No, to believe God, to stir our faith, put our trust in God and believe that whatever needs to change can be changed by faith. Amen? According to God's words for our life. So we want to look at a few thoughts this morning because again, this message I believe before God is designed to stir our faith to believe God for even greater things, to reignite our faith in God's miraculous power. And we want to look this morning at a few people in the Word of God, two people this morning in Mark chapter 5. One gentleman was by the name of Jarius, and the other lady who's famous in the Word of God, I believe, the woman with the issue of blood. And I want to, rather than just take you to Mark chapter 5 and read through the whole chapter, I'll just bring a couple of chapters out, a couple of verses out that I believe will help us this morning. My first point, there's four overall. My first point is this this morning. Number one, faith for a miracle focuses on the person of Jesus and not the challenges we face. Faith for a miracle focuses on the person of Jesus, not the challenges we face. It's all about focusing on the person of Jesus rather than focusing on the challenge that we face. And we pick the story up in the book of Mark chapter 5, and it says this about Jairus. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when, they, when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Jairus fell at Jesus' feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Listen to this thought here. Jairus' Jarius's focus was on Jesus. He was living with the reality of his daughter's illness, but his focus was on Jesus Christ. You see, when we're facing a difficult situation, often what we tend to do is we put all of our focus on the difficult situation that we're facing. But the key to seeing God's miraculous power through our lives is to put our focus on the person of Jesus. Amen? Because it's so easy when we're, focusing on, when we're facing a difficult situation to put all of our energy and all of our reality into the reality that is before us. But I believe the key to seeing a miracle in our lives is putting our focus on the person of Jesus Christ. That's what Jarius did there. His daughter was ill. They were saying that she was on the deathbed. But where was, where was Jarius' focus? It was on Jesus who he believed would be the answer to his daughter's illness. You see, when you're going through and facing a, a, a difficult time, don't put your focus on the problem. Put your focus on the person. Who's the person? Jesus. The same yesterday, today, forever. The same Jesus that performed miracles 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus that's still performing miracles today. Amen. So when you're faced with a tough situation, get your focus on Jesus. Take your eyes off the problem that you see and put your focus on him because that's exactly what Jarius did. He put his focus on Jesus. He took his eyes off his daughter's illness for a few moments and he put his eyes upon the Lord Jesus. Interesting. Jarius, it says in the word of <laughs> Jarius in the word of God, it says that Jarius was a, a ruler in the synagogue. That's interesting. Jarius was a ruler in the synagogue. He comes to Jesus and he kneels down, he bows down before Jesus and says, Lord, please, my daughter's sick, come and heal her. 
very interesting because I believe that humility is a big key in seeing the miraculous power of God flowing through our lives. Jairus was the ruler of the synagogue. Jairus would have been fully aware of how the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, all the religious people of the time would have viewed Jesus. They wouldn't have viewed Jesus favorably. And yet he is one of the rulers of the synagogue in that same class. And he comes and he kneels and he bows before Jesus. You know what? That's incredible humility. Especially when you think of what all those other religious people would have been thinking about Jairus right then. What? You're kneeling, you're bowing before this... this Scallywag, this, this false prophet, this person that, 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 that says a lot about God and who he thinks it is, you're, you're bowing before him. I believe that, that humility is such an important part of seeing miracles come through our lives. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 6, God resists the proud but shows favor towards the humble. Resist the proud, but shows favor towards the humble. And Jairus just had something about him. There was a humility in his heart. But what he was doing through that process is he was keeping his eyes on Jesus. When faced with a need for a miracle, we must keep our focus continually on the person of Jesus. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 to 30, Jesus walking upon the water. I mean, that's a fantastic thought when you think about it right there. Jesus walking upon the water. The disciples are in the boat. Uh, um, Peter sees Jesus, cries out to Jesus and beckons him and says, Lord, uh, can I come? Jesus says, yes. And you know the story if you don't. The story goes that Peter got out of the water, got out of the boat, <laughs> ended up in the water, but got out of the boat and started to walk on the water. He's looking at the one that said, come. So he's walking towards him. He's taking those steps. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 14, 28 to 30, that the wind started to increase. The waves started to get bigger and straight away, Peter's focus went from looking at Jesus to now starting to look at the waves and the wind and the water that was starting to beat upon him. What took place? He took his eyes off Jesus. First thought, we must keep our eyes on the person of Jesus and we must refuse to allow our energy and our emotions to be overwhelmed with the circumstances that we see. Man, first thought is that. Second thought is this, and I'm nearly done this morning. Second thought is this. The circumstances we face present opportunities for a miracle. The circumstances we face present an opportunity for a miracle. But you know what? This is where many people give up because it gets too hard gets too hard there's stuff going on there's things pushing at me stuff's not working out in my family stuff's not working out in my finances stuff start to work and we and we can give up if we're not careful but we want to understand this morning that when we're facing circumstances they're the opportunities to be positioned for a miracle come on this morning i'm preaching well far better than your amen in this morning amen in fact uh, <laughs> We're trying to think of the scripture. In, in James, it says in the first chapter of James, it says when you're going through trials, uh, uh, count it all joy. Why? Because that means God's just getting ready to do something miraculous in your life and in your family. Amen. 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 They're platform. That's better. Circumstances are platforms for God to do something miraculous through us. But if we're not careful and if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, then circumstances that we face will overwhelm us. They'll rob our faith. But I want us to look at a lady this morning. In fact, in the same book of Mark, a lady there, I love this story, but there's a few things that we want to get in a moment around this story. 
Because the circumstances we face present opportunities for a miracle. In the book of Mark, talking about this woman after Jesus had encountered Jairus, they're on their way now to meet the family of Jairus and to visit his daughter. They're on the way. They're traveling now from that encounter with Jairus. Now they're on the way. But this is what takes place in verse 25 of Mark chapter 5. It says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and she was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came and behind him in a crowd and touched his garment. For she said within herself, if only I may touch his clothes, I should be made well. And immediately the fountain of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Isn't that an awesome story? Isn't that awesome? Right there, faith. Right there, overcoming the circumstances of life. You might be saying, well, what were the circumstances of life? Let me read them to you this morning. She suffered many things at the hands of physicians and had spent all that she had. She lived with the daily discomfort of such a disease. She had a flow of blood and could not control it. What a, what a discomforting disease to have in your body. But not only that, she was unclean and she was also broke because the Bible said that she'd spent all that she had on physicians and none of them were able to help her. So here she is, she's unclean and she's broke. She's got no money. Talk about in a bad position. Her flow of blood made her legally unclean. And because of this, there was no way she could have thrown herself at the feet of Jesus. An unclean person in her time, in general, had to avoid that which was holy. Uncleanness cleanness, placed a person in a dangerous condition under which the threat of divine retribution or even death. Priests were to avoid becoming um, um, richly defiled by going near someone like that. And the potential was that she, she would have had to go around potentially crying out, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. What a set of circumstances to face. She had to overcome enormous circumstances to do what she had to do what she did because she risked the judgment of others. But this is what we see. She overcame her circumstances to reach out in faith to Jesus. And because of this, she was instantly and totally healed. Our circumstances are the platform for a miracle, but we must be willing to push through or to overcome our circumstances by faith. Faith, faith, faith at work. You know, I love this story. It goes on and it says, Jesus is in the crowd. Remember where he's heading? I'm just about done. Sorry, folks. Where is he heading? He's heading to Jairus' house to visit the daughter that's, that's quite unwell, possibly dying. There's a crowd. He's being thronged all around. There's just, everyone's pressing and pushing and shoving. And you could imagine it. It's just like, a, like a, a, a mad mob of people. And in the midst, Jesus stops and says, someone's touched me. The disciples are so taken back by that. They're thinking within, within themselves, he must have lost his mind because everyone's touching him. But the one person... The one person that touched Jesus on that day in the midst of all of the throngs of the crowd was the one person that had faith. Everyone else was touching him. Everyone else was pushing. Everyone was trying to get a piece of Jesus, you know, touch, touch his shoulder, touch him, whatnot. But the only person that Jesus stopped to recognize was that one lady with faith. That one lady got his attention. 
That one person here today that's got faith to say, Jesus, I want to reach out to you. That one person here today that might be willing to say, Lord, I'm sick of the circumstance that I'm living in. I'm sick of the disease. I'm sick of the sickness. I'm sick of the dead. I'm sick of whatever it may be to rise up in your spirit like that woman did to overcome the circumstances in life and say, Lord Jesus, whatever it's going to take, I want to touch you. It was faith. Her faith that made her well. Come on, it was her faith that made her well. Her faith. Her faith. Her faith made her well. It wasn't the crowd that touched him. It was the one lady that touched him. Number three, third point. I'll be finished in seven minutes. Number three, third point. Miracles begin with steps of obedient faith. Miracles begin with steps of immediate faith. Uh, obedient faith following on from Jarius the woman's been healed Jesus encourages her about her faith sends her on her way now they're moving on and we come into Jarius' house miracles begin with steps of obedient faith Jarius is heading towards his family's house he's left the house he's, he's found Jesus he's been able to encourage Jesus to follow him now he comes to the house and this is what happens miracles begin with steps of obedient faith while he was still speaking, some come from the ruler uh, of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? What a slap in the face. Don't bother the teacher any further. And listen to this. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Right there, Jerry's had an opportunity to either believe the report or to believe and obey what Jesus was asking to do. What did he say to him? Do not be afraid and only believe. Jerry's right there had a choice to make, side with the faithless or obey the words of Jesus. Often God will give us inner promptings, small promptings, that if we were only to obey them, we may well be the answers to the prayer that someone else prayed. Little promptings. But those little promptings are designed for us to obey them. They might seem insignificant. They might seem small. In fact, in Matthew, sometimes God asks us to do things that we don't understand with our head. Has the Lord ever asked you to do something you don't understand with your head? Yeah. In fact, in Matthew chapter 9... Uh, the story of the, uh, the blind man, a crazy story. The blind man comes up to Jesus. Obviously, we know what he's after, to be healed. But Jesus doesn't do what he's done in the past. Maybe lay the hands on the guy and, and he's healed. Uh, the, the account of the Bible was that Jesus stooped down, got some, some dirt in the ground, spat in the ground, made up a bit of a mud, mud, uh, mud mix and wiped it on the guy's eyes. But then he says to the guy, go and wash your eyes in the pool. How bizarre is that? Now go wash. There are times where we just need to simply engage in blind faith. God, I don't understand it, but I'll do what you're asking me to do. I don't know where this journey will go, Lord, but if you're prompting me, because part of faith is obedient, acts, acts of obedience, Amen. What would happen to that blind man if he didn't go and wash in the pool? Don't know. 
the little promptings of the Holy Spirit, where the little Holy, the Holy, little Holy Spirit, he's not little, he's massive. But where the Holy Spirit comes and he prompts us to go and do something. You know, I remember a, a prompting 2013, the end of 2013, sound like an old guy now, end of 2013, it was uh, around November, and we started to, 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 to get a bit of a, a bit of an, an inkling about uh, something happening in Newcastle called CityServe. And um, I made some inquiries, and I just felt that, that, that God wanted us to, to do something, to see whether or not this could be something that might be embraced in our city. And uh, it, was, it was a little step of faith at the time. We, we contacted a, a guy in Newcastle. We uh, asked him to come and to sit with us. And I remember it was in December of 2013 that we, we, uh, we stepped out. We thought we'll, we'll bring this guy in. And I didn't know who'd turn up because CityServe was just like... Uh, swell coffee I didn't know anything about swell coffee until two weeks ago I had a cup of swell coffee now I'm sold on it but city serve for all the ministers back then is what city serve what is that city serve but I remember in uh, December of 2014 uh, 2013 it was about uh, I think it might have been about the 15th or 18th anyway we decided we'll invite some people so we brought this guy down and and um, he came and I was just amazed we had nearly 30, 30 leaders from our city came for that first initial meeting. Just a little prompting. Just, I don't know what will happen, but we'll step out anyway. You know, now a year and a half, nearly two years on, we have over 20 churches in our city that are a part of CitySurf. We have hundreds of volunteers that are involved in our volunteer base. Hundreds. CitySurf is going to be, yeah, I'll, I'll clap for you, darling. <laughs> I think I speak too quickly. Over 20 churches, I'll say it slowly. We now have over 20 churches working together in our city. And we have over hundreds of volunteers from different churches that are all working together. All out of little promptings, little steps of faith that God gives us. Amen. So miracles come as we step out in acts of obedient faith. And the last thing that I believe that we need to do, we need to make sure that we always fence our faith. Always fence our faith. I'll finish with this last part. All good? So while he was still in the house speaking, Mark chapter 5, while he was still in the house speaking, uh, some come from the ruler of the synagogue house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the words were spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and, and John, and brother James. And he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside... He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and he entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumi, I think that's how it's translated, which is translated little girl. I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years of age. Put a fence around your faith. Jesus says, she's not dead, she's alive. They laugh. They mock him. What a joke. We just walked in there. She's dead. But the next bit that Jesus does is very interesting. Because before he goes into the little girl's room to pray for her, 
her, he removes all the negative influences out of the equation. He removes all of the sarcasm, all of the, all the mockery, all, he moves it all out of the room and then he enters the room with the mother and father and the disciples that were with him. I got to thinking early this morning, um, why did Jesus do that? Then I started to remember the story, it's in the book of Matthew, where Jesus comes to his hometown and they begin to ridicule him and say, you're the son of Joseph and Mary, you're the son of Joseph the carpenter's boy. Jesus goes and says, a, a, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town. But the bit that got me, because it went on to say that he could do no great miracles there except heal a few sick people. Could it be that faithlessness limits Jesus' ability to perform miracles? I wonder. But what I will say, that's probably a whole other discussion, but what I will say is this. I believe that there can be negative influences in our lives that have the potential to limit, restrict, and destroy our faith. And that's why as followers of Christ, we must be always on the lookout for the faith stealers, the faith robbers, those things that come to rob our faith. We must be making sure that we surround ourselves with faithful people, not faithless people. Those people that, that, that ridiculed him, those people that, that mocked him, those people, they didn't come into the room to see the, the miracle performed. The ones that came into the room were the ones that were all on the same page together, believing in the power and the authority of the Son of God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. They're on his side. They were the ones that walked into the room. And the last thought, as I said, is this. There are times where we must hedge and fence our faith. Amen? If you're believing God today for breakthrough, if you're believing God today for miracle in your family, in your life, then I want to encourage you, make sure that you are fencing your faith, putting, putting um, solid walls of encouragement, solid walls of faith for people, solid walls of, of godly music and godly teaching, stuff like that that's going to continue to encourage your faith not Robert. Amen? So the power that faith plays in our lives, just as I conclude this morning, and uh, I just was highlighting it this morning, uh, 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 Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Uh, by faith uh, we understand that the worlds were framed. By faith, Abel uh, offered to God a, a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. For by faith, Enoch was taken away uh, so that he did not see death. By faith, Noah. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Jacob uh, and Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith... They passed through the Red Sea on dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho uh, fell down after they were encircled for seven days. The list goes on and on and on. I think you get the point this morning. Faith is so important. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? <clears throat> What's that one thing today that God's really challenging you about? Come on, He's, he, he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The two, the two equations in both those people this morning, Jairus, the one with the issue of blood, they had faith to reach out to Jesus Christ. Amen? 
I find that as believers, sometimes we, we, we misunderstand the importance that faith places in our lives for God to bring the breakthrough that we're seeking this morning. Amen. Father, we just thank you today. I just pray, Father, this morning that as you've encouraged us through the, the words of the gospel of Mark and through the lives of those people, that, that Lord Jarius, the woman with the issue of blood, they're there for a reason. They're there to encourage us. They're there to, they're there to give us insight. And Lord, we just pray this morning that again, you would stir our faith to believe you. That God, you truly are the, the God of the miraculous. And I pray, Father, that this week that there would be breakthrough over people's lives. That, Lord, we would hedge our faith. We would bring encouraging people around us today. That we would exclude those things that we know that rob our faith. So, Lord, we want to thank you. Today, stir us, encourage us, lift our faith. But more importantly, Lord, help us to give, get our eyes on the person of Jesus today. Because, Lord, he is the answer to our lives he's the answer to everything so we just thank you lord this morning in jesus name amen